<clears throat> Good morning. I'm going to read uh, a short passage from John 15, which should be on the screen. <coughs> Excellent. Uh, Jesus speaking. He says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Reading this morning, I'm going to switch microphones so I can walk around. Remembrance. Remembrance um, is, a, is, is the act of remembering. It's, I mean, remembering happens, but remembrance is like, I want to remember this. Um, and it's a, it's a very, that two-minute silence is great, isn't it? Isn't it? It's sort of formal, but I've had some terrible experiences with remembrance. Uh, there was a time when I was deputy head at school, and we had an inspection in, an offset inspection on the same, on remembrance. I don't know if anyone here remembers this, but, and, and we, so we did remembrance, two minutes silence in classrooms, okay? And we did it, we, everyone stood silently, um, the inspector stood as well, and my PA pushed the button, um, I was in a, teaching a class, and so my PA pushed the button to sound the, uh, the Rivali thing, yeah? And then after two minutes, she thought, oh, that's that over, and got back to her job. And didn't do the one to end it. You've now got the whole school in silence, standing to attention, thinking, this is a long two minutes, and no one dare moving. And it was getting very, I mean, it was getting very, very edgy. Uh, and, and in the end, I had to, like, literally run down the school to, to find her and say, Trish, you've not sounded the... Oh, I'm sorry, she said. Oh. It was the longest two minutes ever. It was actually a seven-minute silence. Um, and... Um, and it, if you read that report from that year, there's a little mention of it somewhere about uh, how good the school did it. <laughs> remembrance about bringing back into the act of remembering. And we remember, oh, there's 31 people in, the, in that list of names from the First World War. I mean, it's an astonishing number, isn't it? Cheshire Boys is still pretty small. It was tiny in those days. What is it, 900,000 uh, men died in that First World War? Some like 7% of the UK male population. And so just, just to start with, I'm just going to... Because it's so many, it's hard, I've got no... Per, I can't do remembrance by remembering myself. It's before my time. I have to remember it from what people have told me. That makes sense? So to make it a bit more personal, guys, I just went through some of the names. Actually, that list of names does not include the two, guy, two gentlemen, two, two soldiers, buried in our churchyard. They, they fascinate me, because I did some research, and one of them is called Percy, he died about 19. He comes from Manitoba in Canada. He was fought in the 52nd Canadian Battalion in France. He went to France, he landed there in 19, we know this, in 1915, and three months later he died in the trenches at the Somme. And he's buried here. Why? Here, I have no idea. At 19, from Canada. As on the list of names, uh, you can go through all of them if you like and find out, but one of the names uh, Laurie read out, Arthur Thorne, uh, who was a, a, a private in the Scots Guards, uh, died at 23. I think he was, a, I think he was a, like a professional soldier, from what I can tell. 
He didn't sign up during the war. He was a soldier before the war. From Boysmore Road, just down the road. These are real people. They're not just names on a list. They are real people whose lives and their lives of their families, their, their parents, their, their kids, if they had kids, and their friends were massively impacted. And it strikes me as interesting because, because when you personalise it, for, for, in my head, it becomes more real somehow or other. Not just of names. Of course, there's a real resonance, there's a similarity with what Jesus did and died for. Arthur Thorne, let's take him as an example. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Your mum's gone the other way. Oh, yeah, you've got found her again. It's good. Um, feel free to walk from the church any way you want. It's okay. Um, Arthur Thorne, let's take him as an example. He gave his life for his king and country. I'm sure to some extent that was a sense of loyalty to his community, yeah? To people here. And in overall, in general sense, those names would read out. They, they fought and they, would, they gave their lives so that we can have the freedoms. A year ago, I could have said, the freedoms that we still enjoy. Because in my life, there's been no war. And now we feel like it's actually closer than it has been in my whole life, don't we? With the Ukraine thing. But anyway, they, they, they fought to bring peace. Peace to give us, as a country, our rights to be independent, to have democracy, all those things. Jesus died to give us freedom from sin. And there are similarities, but massive differences. I don't know what choice Arthur actually had. I don't know the details. I imagine at some point he was ordered by his officer to, to, to do something, to you know, go over the top or whatever. Um, and he did what he was told. Jesus wasn't so much, Jesus was obeying his father. He was obedient to his father, but he did it totally because he chose to. He says uh, in the gospel, I won't actually read it completely, but it's John 14, just get it right. Um, John 14, 30, he says that the devil's got no hold over him. He says, I give it, I, I, it's my own choice. I don't have to do this. I choose to be obedient to my father. Arthur, I'm sure, uh, had a real sense of community and, and some love for his parents and stuff. He had loved his, his, his family. I don't, I don't know the details, but you can imagine that. Jesus goes to the cross. Jesus gives his life out of pure love. There's nothing else going on there. There's no sense of having to do it or pressure of peers or anything like that at all. Jesus gives his life out of pure love. He says in that reading we had that greater love has no man than this. He lays down his life for his friends. And that is, remember that, these guys, we read out the, the names of Arthur and his mates. But for Jesus, it's totally out of love. Love because God the Father loves Jesus. And because God the Father loves us, each one of us this morning. And because Jesus is into that and says, Lord, Father, I will do what you do. His love drives him to the cross, to his death. And, and in a way, uh, there's something about uh, the, the sacrifice that the, the guys made in the two world wars and, and in, elsewhere, where, where it's not just for them. Arthur, I don't know how much he understood and knew, uh, uh, but, but he didn't, wasn't just for what he had for people in Cheshire Bo Bo uh, Boysmore Road. In a real sense, it was for a wider community. And certainly, perhaps it's clearer for the Second World War when, when it was clear a real evil that we were fighting. Uh, and it had to be dealt with. And, and, you know, the freedom that Europe's enjoyed for the last, what, 80 years comes out of that sacrifice for the wider community. But Jesus' death 
is there on offer for everybody. Everybody, whether they are in Europe or Africa, whatever time and space. Anyone here this morning, I hope, guess most of you guys, I hope know the truth that Jesus loves you and has forgiven you and died for your sins. And you can have life in him. But Jesus' death is literally for all, for everybody. It's not just for a community, a small community, whatever. Or a and of course as well, I just said that the, the, the conflicts, particularly Second World War, the conflicts of the two world wars, did buy peace in Europe for a period of time. And has given us freedom. Pray God it goes on for another 80 years. Amen? Jesus is forever. The Second World War didn't deal with evil. It dealt with one evil, but it didn't deal with it entirely. Jesus' death is complete. He, does, he defeats sin on the cross, and that is like forever. It's done, it's finished. He says that on the cross as he, as he dies. It's finished. It's a once-for-all thing. And as we meet this morning, and remember, as we go that act of remembrance, again, we'll do it at the, after the um, War Memorial in Chesham Boys. As we do that act of remembrance, let's remember individuals like Arthur who gave their life. But let's remember as well that we are in that very privileged position of being forgiven by Jesus. That we know that he loves us. We know that he gave his life for us freely. And he does it, he says, for his friends. And that's the relationship we're allowed to have. Let me read that a little bit again. I've closed it down. Can you put it back on screen, please, uh, Neil? Put the text back on screen. Uh, next bit. Thank you. Greater love has no man than this. He lays down his life for his friends. What an awesome thing, church, to know that Jesus, that Lord God calls us friends. That he calls us his friends. Jesus' community is very much this community. The community that Jesus wants us to be part of, here we are. People are trying to follow Jesus, trying to know his love. And that's the offer to us. And in remembrance this morning, I want us to remember both only all those guys, but also the amazing sacrifice that Lord Jesus made, that we could be free here, free from sin, free to live in his life, his life in us, free to be the friends of the Lord God. Should we stand? Just take a moment, shall we, please? Father, our, our political freedom is fragile, and we pray for that, and that we may work to it. Father, we thank you that our freedom in you is secure. Father, we thank you that we stand here this morning, and we can know your love, and your peace and your forgiveness. And we bless your name. Amen.